The following audio is from the chapel at Fishhawk. More information about the chapel at Fishhawk is available at www.thechapelfh.org. Well, good morning, Chapel family. If you're new, welcome. My name is Ryan, and I am your pastor. And today, we are in a sermon series. It's really a, a sort of a three-part series. It's mostly because um, the statistics on PKs are really bad. Let's just be honest, right? My kids are going to be the worst kids among all the kids, and I'm okay with that. But I'm doing this series named after each of my kids last month with Savvy Faith, How to Share Your Faith in a Way That's Winsome, Intellectual, Full of Reason and Love and Hope. And then this month is called Something Like Silas. Silas is my um, middle child, my blonde-haired child. And this month, the theme is how to stand strong in the midst of hard times. Today, we're talking about stress. Anyone stressed? I mean, if you're stressed, raise your hand, wave it in the air. Like you really, really care, okay? That's what stress is about. Um, we're going to be in Acts chapter 16. We're going to walk through a very, very famous story uh, with Paul and Silas because this month is something like Silas. And we're going to look at uh, some of the mechanisms, some of the principles. And I have to be total fair uh, honesty here. After last service, I was talking with a couple people and I thought, I'm going to change some of my sermon for this service, which I don't normally do. But I'm very excited because we are stressed. Some of you are so stressed when I asked you to wave and say if you're stressed, you literally were smiling, and it was like you're just gritting out blood and pain because you're so stressed. Uh, today, in this story, we're going to see people who get, go through immense stress, but they have the mechanisms in place in their life, and they understand what they're to turn to in the midst of difficult seasons. So that's why we are going to be here. Acts 16, verses 16 through the end of the chapter. I'm going to pray. If you don't have a Bible, you can steal one from the back here, or if you have an e-Bible, you can let the glow of God's warm word shine upon your face. Uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for the event that we were able to honor on those who help serve and love and protect our community. I thank you that everything was amazing yesterday, and the worst injury we had was a girl falling out of the fire truck during an exploration of the fire truck. But God, this morning there is so much stress in this room. God, I got stressed out this week writing a message about stress. So I pray that you would let us all exhale and breathe out our worries, breathe out the pressure, and wait and rest in who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, we need a supernatural intervention in our schedules today and this week. We need a supernatural intervention in our brains and hearts right now. So be that for us. In the name of Christ, we ask all these things. All God's kids said, amen. It was one of my favorite stories, you guys, because... This is stress, and it's going to open up a couple of fun little rabbit trails for us. Verse 16, the setting is this, Paul, Silas, and Luke. The reason we know Luke is there is because in the book of Acts, when you hear the word we, then Luke is with them. If you see the word they, then Luke, the author of Acts, is writing about them. So he was with them as, verse 16, as we were going, Paul, Silas, and Luke, at least, to the place of prayer place of prayer. Where were they on their way to? Starts with a C-H, rhymes with urch. Church, okay, just keeping the coffee going in your blood. They were going to the place of prayer. They were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination brought and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. People ask me, is fortune telling real? The Bible says it is and it's demonic, okay? Done. Does that mean you should go to them? Probably not. Okay, then she followed Paul and us crying out. So here's the scene. Paul Silas and at least Luke are going to church. 
I don't know how you go to church. I snap when I go to church. And there's a girl filled with a spirit of divination. And she followed them, crying out. And listen to what she cried out, because it's actually really cool. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And she kept doing this for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. Okay, so there's a scene. Paul, Silas, Luke, walking to to, to the place of prayer. A girl says, follow these men. They are the men of God. They serve the Most High God. They're going to tell you the way to salvation. If somebody followed me around and just did that, I would be like, sweet, someone's doing my job for me. But eventually it says Paul got annoyed. Now today we're talking a little bit about, or a lot a bit about stress. Stress is a pressure that is being exerted upon you, maybe a physical stress, maybe you've been recently diagnosed with something, maybe your health is failing. Um, last night we were moving these speakers and stuff, and every time we move something heavy, um, it's, this is a very common theme. We had to move the speakers from on their sides, and we had to sit them upright at one point. The, those of us who were doing it, we had a combined age of over 100. So a speaker, these speakers are heavy, so this is what it sounded like. <laughs> just to move one speaker. And then we all did this when we moved the speaker. We got one more. We joke about having to take Motrin. My joke is that you should always take Motrin before you exercise. That way you don't have to do it later because physical stress can take a toll on your body. Some of you are moving the stage pieces, physical stress. We also have emotional stress. Some of you are under an extreme weight of emotional stress. Maybe your marriage is hanging by a thread. Maybe your finances are empty and dry, you look into your bank account and you pray before you click log in, and it's always the same story. Maybe for you it's a wayward child, maybe for you it's something going on with a friend or a mother or a husband or wife. Stress can cripple us. Stress will attack us anywhere. Even here, Paul, notice where they were going to church and they had a stressor. I I love this because, um, because it's very real. In our culture, we come to hear and pretend everything is okay, which is the exact opposite of how it should be. We should come here and let everything be what it truly is because God says, I love you, you're mine, I've died for you, I'm here in the midst of your heinous mess and I will bring you out of it. But we come here and we pretend. I love that the Bible gives us a picture of Paul because I love Paul. And when this, this young girl was bugging him, it says he was greatly annoyed. He was greatly annoyed in his way to go to church. Anyone been greatly annoyed on their way to church before? Anyone been so greatly annoyed by someone else at church that you go to a different service? Allegedly. I don't want to raise my hand for all these. Anyone, anyone been at a church gathering, whether here or somewhere else, and you, we have these people, we call them EGRs, extra grace required people. You know those people? If you're like, I don't know what that even means, you are that people. Okay? Just letting you know, straight up, I love you, it's you. Welcome to the place of misfit toys. Paul and Silas are starting this day, and Paul is already, he's getting bugged by this girl day after day, and he's, get out, demon. Demon comes out. Little does he know that Paul was messing with somebody's income. If you want to get someone really mad at you, start to do things that affect their income. But when her owners 
saw that their hope of gain was gone. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. I don't know what happened to Luke, because in the beginning of the story, Luke's with them. And we went here, and we went there. Dudes got real mad. They took Paul and Silas. <laughs> Whatever. I've, I don't know. i got to ask Luke when I get there. To do what happened to you in the story? You could have been one of the heroes. And what comes next? Luke's like, I was just writing it down, man. They just slipped out. They saw that what they put their hope in was gone. Now, we all put our hope in, in something. Every single one of us in here puts our hope in something. Many of us put our hope in something very similar to what the owners of this slave girl did. We put our hope in financial security, in worth and identity that comes about from having accumulated stuff. We put our hope in these things. And, and I love that, um, that the idea of this situation, because Paul gets annoyed. That's the beginning level. That's stress level one. You get annoyed. Stress level two, you get angry. Stress level three, you get mad and rage. Or you run and hide and shell up. But now, what happens is Paul took away someone's income, and he's about to experience wrath. At first, the girl bugged him, and now the removal of this girl bugged the people for whom she worked. And in this moment, I need us to just stop and think. I'm doing a metaphorical leap here. The thing that we turn to to remove our stress or the thing that we look to and put all of our hope in when that thing lets us down is when we get stress. So if you put all your hope in money, when money lets you down, you'll get stress. I don't know how many of you are into the stock market. It's been a bummer of a couple weeks for some of you guys. Cool thing about being a broke pastor, stock market goes down. I say, doesn't affect me much right now because I'm a broke pastor and I'm super okay with that because I'm still smiling and some of you are crying. On the flip side, if you put your hope in a relationship, if you put all of your desire for approval and acceptance on a spouse, eventually they will let you down. The only people who have not let been, down, let, been let down by their spouse are people on their honeymoon. And even then, sometimes, it's a gamble. If you put your hope in something that is not Christ, that is small and finite, you will be crushed by it. And I like that in this passage, it's all around a spirit, because when stress comes, let's be honest, we, we deal with stress in a couple of ways. Some of us um, lash out when we get stressed out. Some of us are married to Mr. or Mrs. Lash Out. Some of us cope with a substance. You, have, you get stressed out, you go home, you need a glass of, no one said orange juice, weird, shocker. No, you, go to, you get a glass of something. I like that liquor stores used to be honest. They used to call themselves uh, dispensers of wine and spirits, literally something that would lift and raise your spirits, but we all know that it's a temporary lie. Now, I've got nothing against a beer as long as it's not light beer. I'm okay with it. But if you look to alcohol, if you look to a substance, if you look to a pill, if you look to a drug, if you look to a relationship, if you look to a sexual experience or encounter, or if you look to something else that is not God to try to fill the place of God in your life, it will eventually take over and become your slave master. This is how stress works. It gets us to look for something and grasp onto something that we think can save us from our stress. For some of us, it's anger and violence. For some of us, it's raising our voice. For some of us, it's running away. Whatever it is, identify your stress coping mechanism because we need to turn it to Jesus and we need to have a way to do that. Because when stress hits, and stress is going to hit these guys super hard in a second, whatever your mechanisms have been for dealing with stress are only going to be amplified. Now, I'll explain to you why. So the people saw that their hope was gone for making money. 
by the way, as Christians, we should do this in our city. We should be such an amazing, loving, radical, forgiving, beautiful voice for Jesus in this community, filling every street with God's love, that we put adult entertainment out of business and they get mad at us. We shouldn't make people mad at us for being annoying, judgmental hypocrites. We should make people mad at us because we're making the world an amazing place that is a taste of God's kingdom. But that's neither here nor there. So they get seized. They get dragged, verse 19, into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they were brought, uh, when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews. They are disturbing our city. I, I love being a disturbance to our city. And just last night at the first responders thing, and I've got to share this because it's my own shortcomings. Um, I'm here, I'm hanging out, I'm watching the kids jump, and I'm watching little girls fall out of fire trucks and get damaged right in front of the first responder. I was like, way to go, firemen. They didn't think that was funny. Um, somebody started lighting up my phone. See, my phone is attached to um, the chapel. So if someone leaves a review on Facebook, someone leaves a review on Google, and uh, all of a sudden, it was ding all over my pocket. And, um, and I thought, oh, something's going on. People, maybe people are checking in. And I'm like, someone goes, did you see the review? Like, as I'm looking at the review. And one neighbor here was like, just one starring me on everything. One starring the chapel on everything that Yelp, Google, whatever, Facebook. One star, one star, one star. And I was like, what happened? We're not even at church service right now. And then said that our speakers were causing his walls to shake. He's probably here right now. I don't know. This is my luck. So I'm responding. I'm so sorry. But inside I was like, I wish I wasn't a pastor for five minutes. I would just superior troll this guy. And I just said, is this, this is something we did? It was at a church service you attended or an event we hosted? And then that's when I found out. It's our speakers were shaking his thing. And then I'm preaching this passage this whole week. I was thinking about how these guys caused a disturbance by doing God things. And then when they told me this, it was specifically our subwoofers were shaking their walls. Now, here's the crazy thing. Like, we've got some real nerdy people at this place. So, like, I was sharing my sinful struggles with a couple of you guys. And one of the guys here, literally, I say, this is going on, man. So he hops online on his magical matrix device and comes back four minutes later and says, I found out where he lives. I'm like, dude, teach me. Don't ever teach me how to do that. I will use that for bad. I will have the negative Spider-Man effect of that. And he's here in this service right now. Where are you? I'm just going to eyeball you, and you know who you are. You scare me. You scare me, Twitter champion, whatever that is. And, uh, and I was like, they live like three blocks from here. But we had somebody rapping so hard in Jesus' name it shook their walls. Now, part of me just wanted to say to the person online, you know what you should do, buddy? Instead of leaving me a one-star review for the chapel, just call the cops because we're giving away 4K TVs to the cops. <laughs> You're not going to come here and bust us. Anyway, I didn't do any of that. I was a decent human. Um, but are we disturbing people in the right way? Are we bringing God's love in a way that disrupts industry? But if we do, we've, we need to know that stress will come. And, and most of us in here, I'm going to say, are in stressful situations not because we are pressing into God things. Most of us in here are in stressful situations because we have allowed our stupidity to reign in our lives. But that doesn't change how we get out of it. That doesn't change how we deal and cope with stress. So they took them in. The crowds joined in attacking them, Paul and Silas. 
the magistrates tore the garments off of them. So they literally tore clothes off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. Think of like the, the small, the skinny end of a baseball bat, but about two feet, three feet long, beating them up to 40 times. So naked, beaten, with many blows, thrown into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, the jailer put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Now you need to get in your mind, this is not club med prisons. This is in the inner part of the prison. There is no plumbing. There would be where people went to the bathroom. That was the bathroom. Shackled, in the, unable to move, beaten and naked. These are the, the, the this physical symptoms that they were going through. For me, as I'm reading this, because we in our day are not often getting beaten and shackled. But many of us have been shackled by our bad decisions. Many of us have been beaten and destroyed and humiliated with stressful situations that are coming and compounding around us. And while Paul and Silas give us a glimpse as to what they do in this radically stressful situation, uh, I think it, it gives us a tip for what we can do in our modern era where we have stress that's trying to reign in and confine us. Because here's what they do. The famous story, verse 25, about midnight. What time? Midnight. I, that guy's lucky I didn't play rap music at midnight. See, I need Jesus, you guys. At midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. What song are you singing at midnight on your worst day? Straight up. Well, I want to know what song you're singing. It's, is it hymns? Are you singing something? Do you got Georgia on your mind? Like, what are you singing? R. Kelly? Whitney? Sorry, let me think. Like, what are the, who do the young kids like? Are you singing? I don't even know who the young kids like anymore. What? I don't even know what that means. I don't even know if that's English. It, juju on that beat. I'm still thinking that whipping and nene is new, and I know that's as old as a man bun. I mean, it's... But what song are you singing? Are you singing the sad song? I've had better days. Are you singing a song that points you toward Jesus? Because here's what happens. When you get stressed out, any type of stress, emotional, relational, physical, um, the brain is an amazing thing. Your brain will produce cortisol, which is basically like poison for your system. But it does good things. It gets your adrenaline going and all this other stuff happens with stress. But part of what cortisol does is it actually clouds your thinking. So you have stinking thinking. And it makes your decision-making ability altered and not as amazing and sharp as it once was five minutes before the stress hits your life. And this is why when you're stressed, you're less likely to be able to do even the little things like find your keys. I can't remember where I put my keys. And then you get angry that you can't remember where you put your keys and it makes it even harder to find your keys. And then the problem compounds and then your wife says, did you check in your front pocket? Stress released. There's my keys. So here's what we need to do. We need to, I think, before we get pressured with stress, create and practice the method and the means to deal with stress so that when stress hits us and the cortisol is flowing through our brain, we don't freak out and not know what to do, but we have a plan of how to rest and wait on God. And this is what I want to get us to because Paul and Silas, I don't think they just fell right into, we're here, we've just been beaten up, we're mostly naked, let's just sing, it's all we got to do. This was a habit that they had developed. 
They had gone to the place of prayer day after day after day. They had sang day after day after day. For them, this was the norm. And there's something that I want to just put blanket out in our, in our community that Christians are terrible at. It's an S word, and it's also a heavy metal band from the 90s, Sabbath. Some of you are like, I cannot take a Sabbath. Now, I, I don't judge a lot of people, but when I do, I judge them for Sabbaths. Because Sabbath is the most brilliant idea. There's like redemption through Christ and then Sabbath. Redemption, Sabbath. God said, work for six days and you unplug like a boss for one day entirely. And it's not just a little play toy thing. It's not like this is an optional thing because you might say, well, I never take a Sabbath, but I don't kill people. Same list, guys. So it's got the same severity, gravity, importance. Taking a Sabbath spiritually means I am trusting that God will provide for the other six days. I'm trusting that God has got this, my situation. I'm trusting that God will carry me through so I can rest because God is God and I am not. Some of us have not done that in so long. We wouldn't even know how to do it. We are allergic to waiting and allergic to rest. So here's a homework assignment for this week, and we're going to keep going, though. Here's your homework assignment number one. I want you to take a beach day today or this week, not today, or it could be today. I want you to take a solid beach day. I don't mean like a beach day that's stressful. I mean a relaxing beach day, which means if you've got kids, leave them at home because those kids are not relaxing at the beach. <laughs> I'm serious. Straight up, I'm serious. You, there's nothing more stressful than, poten- than three potential drowning victims that I own walking around Anna Maria Island. Uh, take a beach day. If, if you can't even take a beach day with your spouse, just tell them, you're going to work and go work at the beach. Make it such a Sabbath day you forget to take sunscreen. Feel the pain of the lobster. Go there and do absolutely nothing. Leave your phone in your car. Let the Florida heat melt it into oblivion. Don't do that. I mean, let's be reasonable. But don't check your emails, your text messages. Take the battery out so you don't have to hear it. And I want you to lay on the beach and do nothing for an entire day. Some of you are thinking, done, done, and done. This is my home church. I'm here forever. (laughs) Some of you are thinking, that is ridiculous. No humans can do that. We need two incomes. Otherwise, this mortgage thing ain't going to float. I'll tell you what. If you're stressed about your mortgage right now, wait until you depend on only yourself for the rest of your life and tell me how that goes. Tell me how your stress meter goes up. God wired a Sabbath in because we need it spiritually, but we also need it physically. It gives the opportunity for our brain to reset. We need sleep daily because that does a reset on the brain and the cortisol levels and the, the, some of the neural functions. But we need to have a day where we totally unplug biologically, where we can sit there and do nothing and have not a worry. And here's my promise to you. I've never met somebody at the beach in a rage that is there just laying in the sand all day. Like, have you seen that guy or girl? You've never done it. You've never been at the beach and seen somebody with no kids around them just screaming at a stranger. It's pretty rare. And if, if it's there, it's because the person that was at church with them followed them. So, so when I say go to the beach, I'm just going to let you know the best beaches are from St. Pete North. The beaches, Anna Maria South, are terrible. Don't go to those beaches because I don't want to see you there this week, okay? But if we get in the habit of taking a Sabbath, can we just do that? How many people take a Sabbath every single week? You take a day where you're unplugged, recharging, refreshed. 
there's like all of three of us, and one of them are retired, and the other one's my son, who's a third grader. I mean, we are commandment busters. But you're not killing anybody, as far as I know. Kudos to you there, but let's, uh, and here's why it's important for stress, because the de-stress happens. But also when stress happens, if you don't have a mechanism and a rhythm of knowing what it means to trust God, you're not going to do it when stress is clouding every situation in your life. Paul and Silas were people who had a rhythm of seeking God through prayer and singing. Prayer and singing. So when stress came, it was the same story. Prayer and singing. If your rhythm of life is stress out, pull my hair, check my inbox. Stress out, pull my hair, check my inbox. Stress out, yell at the kids, pull my hair, check my inbox. Guess what's going to happen when stress hits? The same rhythm is going to happen because you haven't created the mechanisms to free you from the stress prison that you are in. Now here's... I just love this. They're singing. Prisoners are listening. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Now keep in mind, other prisoners were listening. So there's like actual criminal criminals in here. The jailer awoke and saw the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he was going to get killed for failing at his job anyway. So he said, I'm just going to do it myself. Hopelessness. Distress had compounded on him of failure, and he was going to take his own life, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Even the hooligan pr- prisoners are there. It wasn't just Paul and Silas, the godly guys. Somehow, they got all the other guys to hang back. We're all here. The jailer didn't believe him, called for lights, said, rushing in with trembling and fear, fell down before Paul, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. The guys who were the captors became the messengers of salvation. The world is watching you and me as followers of Jesus or just casual attenders of church, how we deal with stress. And how we deal with stress ought to be us looking to Christ and how he dealt with our stress for us. The reason... Why, for the most part, um, I can be fairly stress-free, although this week I stressed out about writing a sermon on stress, is <laughs> because Jesus has accepted me as I am. He's paid for all the things I've done wrong. There's no stress in my life that, that someone's not going to like me because um, yesterday it happened. Someone didn't like me, and for about five minutes I raged, and then I just nicely commented on all of the one-star reviews. By the way, if you want to review us to wash that one away, please do. Unless you're a one-star review, in which case, come tell me to my face so we can have a physical altercation of hugging sinners. Just kidding. Don't do a guilt review. That'd be terrible. Unless you say this is a guilt review, then I would love it. But I need us to understand that Jesus accepts us as we are, died for us, and says, I'm not going to leave you as you are. Jesus says, you don't need to worry about finances because I've got the sparrows in my hand and I care about you more. Jesus says, I know you're freaking out about your health, but don't worry, I've given you eternal life. The reason that this series, Savvy Faith, was for my daughter because I want her to be savvy and wise and intelligent and cunning, and she is. She's only four, and she already says things like, I'm twinning with people. The reason I chose something like Silas is because Silas is the least stressed out human in our household. He's... He's got no stress. He's like a baby seal. The water just goes right off him. He can cry. He gets, he gets stressed out when dad gets mad. But for the most part, kid is just resilient. 
bad day, bad moment, cry for a second, and then boom, out playing. He's just a stress-free kid. Silas, in the Bible, I think is stress-free because he knows who his God is. He's in prison. Hey, I'll sing. I can sing in prison. He's out of prison, probably still singing. Probably the same song as whether he's beaten and naked in prison or whether he's walking the streets eating a fajita because he, he waits on God. He waited in the prison. They weren't trying to do a prison break series. They were just waiting and singing. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it. The peace of Christ is trying to rule in your hearts and our stress is pushing it away. If you come to Jesus, believe in Jesus, say, God, I need you. I've got nothing. You give me everything. Then God's saying, I'm going to give you peace. But sometimes we put up walls of stress that say, I don't want your peace. Let me control things, God. Let it in. How do we do it? One of my favorite chapters. There's two chapters in the Bible which I think could be the best. And I say that about a lot of chapters. But really, Romans chapter 8 is like so good. And if you grew up in youth group in the 90s, you know this song. For I am convinced that neither life nor death nor angels. Anybody tracking? Okay, wait, hold on. I got the corny 90s melody. It's coming. It's coming. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities. And you do the youth pastor head. No things present, no things to come. No? Nobody? Just me. Cool. Thank you. In Jesus' name, Re, the worship director. Okay, whatever. This song, I'm convinced. I'm not, I'm not thinking that it might be true. I'm not um, hoping that it's true. Paul says in Romans, I am convinced that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing that is high, nothing that is low, nothing that is dark, nothing that is evil, good, angels, demons, principalities. There's no situation that can rock God's love from me. So what in the world am I stressing for? Which is why you need to go to the beach and you take a big breath in and you let it out. And you say one of the things that I'm so grateful that Edwin, one of our elders, has said to me time and time again, God's got this. And we forget that. It's not that I've got this or I'm going to get this. It is whatever situation you're in, God has got this. His love is colliding with your life and has collided with your life in such a way that no matter what you're going through, you can literally lay in a beach, not answer an email, text, phone call, and say, God has got this. I don't know how people manage their stress without God. I, I used to because I, I wasn't always a follower of Jesus. And I think I, I coped. I turned to things to cope, substances, to, to experiences. And those things are cyclical and they, they're slave driving. They cause you to go back to them promising that this time they'll fix you longer and they never do. It's only since I've been a follower of Jesus can I actually sit on a beach and say, God has got this. But if you don't learn how to wait on God, if you don't practice waiting on God, you're not going to get better at it naturally. Because waiting, nobody likes it. Nobody. I've never met the person who wakes up on the morning they're going to the DMV and says, Woo, pumped! Except for the 16-year-old. And in that case, the parents are like, Woo, pumped! Free carpooler for the rest of my kids. Can't wait till my kids can drive. They think it's freedom. I see it as slavery where I am the master. But nobody is pumped for those lines. Nobody likes lines at Disney. You may like going to Disney, but they recognize you don't like the line, so they create a fast pass. I've been working on this in my heart where I just get into a line and 
I said, God, you've got me waiting. I'm good with this. I can wait on you. I'm going to wait on the Lord. There's a whole verse about this. I love this verse. But they who wait for the Lord, because this verse is this phrase over and over and over the Bible, wait for the Lord, wait for the Lord, wait for the Lord. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. We have to learn how to wait on God in the midst of stress. And that is the most terrifying thing that I know I can tell you to do because it means that you have no control. God is not often going to show up in your timing. You cannot pencil him in your calendar. Paul and Silas were singing at 12 at night, and by probably 3 a.m., they were baptizing the jailer and the rest of his household. It's a beautiful story. Read it and love it today. But they were just waiting on God. Sometimes you know. You, you can wallow in your pain, or you can wait on the Lord. You can position yourself in Christ's victory. You can position yourself at the foot of the cross and say, God's love will never leave me. He will never forsake me. God's love is all around me. Nothing can separate me from God's love, so I can just wait here. Or you can fret about and try to become a type A personality and learn how to bullet journal and list till your brain is oozing lists. And I'm not saying those are bad things, but if you don't get how to wait in the midst of stress, then what you're not ever going to get is learning how to trust the one person who can get you out of the mess that you're in. This is why Sabbath is important. It's not just a day off. It's a recalibration. It's the reset button on stress. It's the refresh button on faith. And it gives you the ability to walk through the rest of that week as this world and its stress monsters try to claw back into your soul. So position yourself to wait. Because in Christ, you're not the victim. You're the victor. In Christ, you have the power of God to annihilate addictions that you've been using to cope with your stress. In Christ, your shame, your condemnation, the the shortcomings, the fear that you're not going to be accepted, the fear that you're not going to be approved of, the fear that you're going to run out of money, you leave those at the cross and wait and position yourself and do the simple things. Take a Sabbath. Wait for the Lord. Sing and pray. And some of you are going to walk out and say, it's a bunch of hooey. won't work. Okay? Keep taking the hooey that you've been taking because that's not working. But I'll tell you what. It is so relaxing to sit there under the shade of the cross and just smile and look around. And the reason I don't want you to go to my beach is because I pray for a lot of you guys. And I don't want to work at my beach I want to Sabbath. After the service, my wife's going to say, I tried to get you to go to the beach last week, and you said no. And I'm going to say, it's because I was sinning. I need Jesus. Take me to the beach without children. Grandparents, you game? No kids? Beach day? Thanks, Chuck. (laughs) That's how you get free babysitting, pastoral compulsion. (laughs) Will you wait this week? Will you rest? Will you go to the beach and unplug and say, God, I need a faith reset so that I can trust you in the midst of this hard time and believe that Christ is enough no matter what this world throws at me. I've got all that I need, and you've given me all that I have. Let's pray. Father, Lord, there there are people today that are far from you still. There are people today who don't believe. Lord, I pray that they would believe that you sent your son, the one and only, to die for us, 
to live for us, to rise for us. Lord, the, the stress in this room is almost, I can feel it, God, it's palpable. I can, I can feel the pressure in so many people's lives. Help us, Lord. Help us to wait. Help us to Sabbath. Help us to faith. Help us to believe that you are enough and that your love for us will never let go of us despite us. Help us to not just believe it in our mind, but God, drive it into our hearts so that when we rest this week, we can rest with a smile and nap like there's not a care in the world. Lord, I pray for those who are at their wit's end physically, for those who are struggling with cancer or sickness or illness, for chronic pain, that you would, you would bring healing. But on that Sabbath day, God, that we would be able to rest. And for those, God, who are at their financial wit's end, who have been stressing over the stock market, who are worrying and fretting about retirement, that you would be their retirement, that you would be their security, that they wouldn't have emotional highs and lows driven by investors. And God, for those who turn to substances to find a temporary escape, even, God, even good substances that they turn to instead of you, God, for those who turn to anything except for Jesus, that you would peel it away from their life for their own good. And even if it's painful, God, I pray that you would do it. Help us, Lord. Help us to be a people who can rest in your arms, our loving dad. In Jesus' name, all God's kids said, amen.